You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Nick Farabaugh. I write for Pittsburgh Sports Now, work at ACC Network, and I call games for WPTS Radio. Pitt is the Coastal Champions. We'll talk about the implications of that, how this season went, how the game went. We'll talk all about it, but we will obviously talk about the significance of that Coastal title. Who Pitt could potentially play in that ACC title game and what Narduzzi has built here at Pitt over his tenure. All that coming up on Locked on Pitt. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Feel free, leave a five-star review, listen on any platform you want. Guys, today we got to talk about it. Pit is Coastal Champions. And, I mean, there's a lot of stories to this game. But perhaps that's not the story that I should be covering right now. Perhaps it should be the story, maybe not even of the year. Now, the story of the year is obviously Kenny Pickett and this offense breaking out and, and all this great stuff. Pitt finally has the breakout year. They won it under Pat Narduzzi. They have a Coastal Championship. Everything feels good. But I don't even feel like that suffices. Because we can talk about the year that they had after everything happens, right? And put that into complete context. You know, they were... The betting line was seven and a half wins. They were picked fourth in the Coastal. They had one media member pick them to win the ACC Coastal. And they won. And they got nine wins. They've already overachieved relative to where everyone thought they would be. So, Pitt's already overachieved for the season. Kenny Pickett's already overachieved. Jordan Addison's already overachieved. Almost every unit in that, in that offense has overachieved. The defense perhaps is underachieved, but the team has not. The team has overachieved as a whole. Their quarterback has overachieved. They have a Blitnikoff probable finalist, potential winner. They have a Heisman candidate on the roster. They have a Broyles Award winning, uh, potential winning coordinator here in Mark Whipple. They have so many accolades that are going to come their way because of what they did. And that's the whole point, right? Pitt is playing at such a high level right now that there's absolutely no reason not to feel like Pitt can certainly do more and more over the course of the next few years. And we've talked about that, right? We've talked about, oh, Pitt potentially has the ability to, with all this instability in the Coastal, to take the next step. But I think we need to give Pat Narduzzi some due here. I understand I get it. Sometimes his scheme is very frustrating. It's not perfect. It, it's understandable, right? Everything about this, more importantly, everything about this just thing that has encapsulated the Narduzzi tenure has been, oh man, it's way too mediocre. Everything about it is mediocre. They can't get over eight wins. Even in the year they won the Coastal in 2018, they went 7-7. Seven and seven. 
they can't get the big game wins in the bowl games. Every time a big game comes up, they lose. Every time they get ranked, they lose. It, that was the story, right? That was the story that just kind of encapsulated and engulfed Pitt. He's done all that this year. He's won the big games. He's done a nice job. Here's the thing that people will overlook with Dukes. I understand the defensive schematic stuff. I agree. There's a lot that's wrong with playing press man quarters only, essentially, right nowadays. He only plays that in hot coverage. I get it. And sometimes they will throw in cover three, cover two, but they don't play it well because they don't practice it much. Because they don't, they don't play it much. Why would you practice it much? And I understand the philosophy behind it. We, but this is not the time to criticize that, chastise that. Maybe you can talk about why the heck he doesn't use a nickel package more often. Why doesn't he trust the delta package? I don't know. Why does he match, you know, four wide receiver sets with base? That's all what happened yesterday. That was an issue, absolutely. And we'll talk about that later in this week when, when I talk about, you know, where can this team go from here and, and if they can beat Wake or NC State or Clemson again or, you know, if they if they eventually do maybe get to a New Year's Six Bowl and face a team like Ole Miss, we'll talk about it. We will absolutely talk about the issues that brings. But this is not the topic of, of right now. Narduzzi has built a legitimate, stable program with high-level assistant coaches. Charlie Parchers is fantastic. Mark Whipple has shown while he's maddening, and again, he certainly had his moments yesterday. Um, he is a guy that can develop talent, right? He's developed Kenny Pickett. Nick, Nick Patty looks much better than he did when he first came against Delaware. Looks much better than we have ever seen him, really. There's a lot that he's done, and he's cultivated the offense very well. Mark Whipple plays does that at a high level. Brennan Marion looks great. The difference he's made in the receiving core, right? There's so many more coaches that I could name there. You know, Borbley has these O-linemen playing at a high level. Tim Salem has his tight end group playing at a high level. Gavin Bartholomew, Lucas Kroll, both playing really well right now. Every These coaches are a whole staff, and Deuce is the head of those guys. And the culture he's built, these players love playing for Pat Narduzzi. You can tell, not many transfers going out of the program. Pitt has the least amount of transfers out of the Power Five in the last two years, I believe. So, showcases that. I understand, you know, Wendell Davis, A.J. Davis, A.J. Roberts, all these guys have transferred out this year, but it is what it is. It's not because Narduzzi built a toxic culture. It can be because of playing time. Maybe they don't see the desired role for them on the field right now. Maybe it's all of that. And that comes into consideration. But Narduzzi's built a real culture. Everyone buys into that said culture. He's got great assistants that develop these guys into NFL players. You've seen Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones go from two stars to NFL draft picks and now making rosters. You've seen Kenny Pickett go from a three-star to a legit potential first-round draft pick. You've seen a lot of these guys come in and make their stock go from nothing to something. And that's the something that he's built. He's built a team-first mentality. He's built a real program here that really wasn't this good when he came. You know, Dave Wanstead built something good in the late 2000s. He built something there. Then he got fired. You know, Paul Chris came in. Todd Graham came in. Uh, there was all of that, right? There was all of those things that, that kind of happened. And Pitt never really seemed to gain any footing until Pat Narduzzi came in. I understand 
he hasn't had this team completely in the depths. It's been a team that has teetered around mediocrity, and we've been waiting. We said he needs a breakout year. If there is not a year that he breaks out, it has to be this year. And we talked about after the Western Michigan game here, this could be it for Pat Narduzzi if he doesn't turn things around. Well, he's turned things around. His team is buying into everything he's saying. His team is fired up. He's getting guys to play at a high level. He's building a culture people want to come to. He's building something here at Pitt. This should be the next step for Pitt's program. Pat Narduzzi has a stability. He now has a coastal championship to use on the recruiting trail. And hopefully he has an ACC championship and potentially a New Year's Six Bowl win as well to use on the recruiting trail because Pitt has an opportunity to really take it to the next level. They've won the Coastal in two of the last three seasons that actually counted. There were no divisions last year, so I don't count the Coastal divisional title last year. Two out of the three last actual Coastal seasons, Pitt has won the ACC Coastal. That should tell you a lot of what you need to know. Pat Narduzzi has this program stable. This program has gone through many shifts. It's gone through bad defenses. It's gone through great defenses. It's gone through great rushing offenses. It's gone through now great passing offenses. It's gone through bad offenses that pick up great defenses. Now it's gone through a really great offense that sometimes picks up a bad defense. Or last week, the defense picking up the offense. This is a team that has changed through a lot of his years and has morphed into many different identities. And Narduzzi has built something here that's stable and that everyone needs to take notice of. Pat Narduzzi, I don't know if he's, you know, a top echelon coach. I'm not going to put him up there, but he built something here. And you can't overlook what Pat Narduzzi has built. He should get an extension, you know, get get even killed, look after the season and look at everything. But Pat Narduzzi's put himself to get an extension. He's put himself in an area where he deserves plenty of praise for what he has built here at the University of Pittsburgh. All right, folks, let's talk about the game proper, I guess. Um, let's talk a little bit about what happened defensively tomorrow, but we'll talk about what happened offensively and the good things that happened there and Mark Whipple's brain freezes as well. First, though, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Folks, I also want to let you know about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Because Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as the mid-major players you may have never even heard of. Pick, Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yards to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. So, folks, all you have to do is deposit something up to $100. You can go up to $100 and below. You'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to that amount if you use our promo code Locked On. Again, that's our promo code Locked On. All you have to do is pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus those projected numbers and prize picks allows mixed sport entries as well. So feel free to take advantage of that. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Let's talk a little bit about what happened against Virginia. It was a wild game, obviously. The game really, really did get kind of crazy, and Pitt really couldn't stop the offense, and that's, again, something we'll talk about tomorrow and kind of also attributed to 
Brendan Armstrong um, a lot and, and those great, great, great players that you have um, on, on the receiving core for them. I mean, they had a ton of mismatches that Pitt just simply couldn't match. Um, but when you look at actual on-field play from the Pitt offense, listen, I know the stat line looks really pretty solid for Kenny Pickett. I thought this was one of his worst games of the year. Uh, I don't think Kenny Pickett played at a super high level, if you will, um, in this game. You know, the Jordan Addison touchdown at the end, that was Jordan Addison. Uh, he made that play really, really happen. Um, coming back to the football, playing physically through the hands, honestly, played like a DB, and he made that play happen. That was all Jordan Addison. It, there was a lot of things that just didn't work well with Kenny Pickett yesterday. You know, some really bad reads. I mean, the pick, the, the second pick was just awful. The first pick fluttered up there as well. I don't know what Kenny Pickett completely was on yesterday, but he did not have his best game on at all. Even the touchdown on fourth and one, Pickett comes off his back foot, and that one flutters up there. Addison has to stop it. Addison's so open, it simply doesn't matter. A lot of those throws weren't great, and Kenny Pickett didn't play at a super high level yesterday. He played at a decently high level. That wasn't the pick we've seen all year, though, and that's something to note. However, 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 Jordan Addison, say with me, he's a bad man. He's a bad man. That guy is one of the best receivers in the country, if not the best receiver in the country, he looks like a future first-round draft pick. He looks like he could win the Belitnikoff Award. Fourth in the country in receiving yards. First in receiving touchdowns. 15 now, 200-plus yards, and four touchdowns for Addison, including the game-clinching one, including a big one on fourth and one, including another one on fourth and four. That was Kenny Pickett, by the way. That was Kenny Pickett's best play of the day, that scramble outside the pocket to find Addison in the back of the end zone. Just a phenomenal play from Kenny Pickett there. And that was a unbelievable unbelievable throw but Addison just an unbelievable day for him he's done everything you could ask again this guy probably if he's not I would think he's at least up there for the favorites in the Bolitnikoff award right now and for all the right reasons right this guy's unbelievable I'm mean, just just watch the guy play the game of football he's playing it at such a high level he's getting open He's beating everyone at all three levels. He's making contested grabs. He's getting wide open. He can run all types of routes. He can work from all different types of alignments. And he's just unbelievable. Jordan Addison's been huge. Also, to note, the running game had a great day. Even after Izzy Abandikanda got hurt, you saw Rodney Hammond run at a really high level. You saw Vincent Davis have his best game of the year really running quite well uh, against that Virginia team and also doing a great job in pass protection throughout the day. On that fourth and one uh, touchdown specifically, he laid a really key block on a free blitzer up the middle that really allowed Pickett to stand in there and fire that deep ball to Jordan Addison. Um, that was just a really, really good game by, by Vincent Davis. Rodney Hammond ran well. When Izzy played, he did well. Obviously, the special teams in this game I think were really big. Um, Scarton making every single kick he had, four, four extra points, two of two field goals. Addison had a big punt return, um, to set up a field goal. Um, you hope that you can turn that to seven, but, um, it, it did set up a field goal. And then obviously Izzy's kick return was huge as well. I thought Chris Dulu had a pretty good game of punting overall. Pitt never felt like they were like super behind the field position battle in this game. Chris Adulu did enough to flip the field. The kick, the punt coverage is pretty good. The kick coverage was 
non-existent because they just called a fair catch every play, every time they kicked it deep. But overall, uh, it was a really good job, I think, by Pitt, special teams-wise. And offensively, they had a lot of good things. Now, Mark Whipple obviously had a few really questionable calls. You get it down to the 7-yard line, you don't call a single pass play. I mean, sorry, single run play. You call all three passes. Um, after Kenny Pickett hurts his ankle, you call a ton of rollouts with him. Uh, it just, stuff like that makes no sense. Uh, after you run the ball down the field, you choose not to run the ball in the red zone. You get bailed out by a a offsides call, and you finally run it on third and one, and Hammond puts it in. There were just a lot of really questionable calls. Third and two, and Pickett's hurt and has his ankle uh, wrapped up, and he's empty, and they don't even get the threat of the run, and then he gets sacked. It's like, what are you doing, man? Some of the calls that Mark Whipple had yesterday were questionable. The double quarterback set as well with Pickett out wide and Patty in there. Patty really bailed him out by avoiding that one uh, free rusher and throwing it away. It was a really, really questionable game for Mark Whipple. He abandoned the run a little bit too much at times. He called questionable play calls when Kenny Pickett was clearly ailing and injured. A lot of the calls he had were just questionable. I will also say this. I think injuries are starting to take a toll on this team, um, this offense. They miss Taysir Mack. They miss Jalen Barden. They didn't have Melky Stovall, and they missed him too. Uh, hopefully they can get Stovall back. You really hope that they can get Melky Stovall back. Um, I guess we'll see kind of how long he's out for uh, in the foreseeable future, whether he can suit up. You know, I think they don't necessarily need him for Syracuse, but if they can get him for the ACC championship game, I think that would be a big addition to their squad. And I also think that these offensive line injuries are starting to really pack up. Um, a little bit on them um, with Zubovich kind of being in there for Cradle. You hope Cradle's okay, but that's that's a big loss. He's played at a really high level thus far. Um, Zubovich had a, do- a solid game yesterday. Uh, Gonzalez obviously playing for Hoy. Hopefully Hoy is back as well. Uh, soon he was dressed but not playing, which seems to me, again, he's not 100%, um, but you hope he will be soon. Um, that right side of the line just isn't playing at a, at a high enough level uh, relative to what they have earlier in the year. They're getting a lot of pressure off that right side that they didn't before, and the receivers aren't getting open outside of Addison and Wayne. So you, you kind of look at, at that, and you hope you can get your guys either playing at a higher level or you can get Stovall back because he is that guy that can really threaten teams underneath and potentially be that guy that can be the third bang uh, to, to Addison and Wayne. Uh, so that that's hope, hopeful. Or maybe Mack and, and Barden can come back. You never know. Um, but Mack still had a, a sling on yesterday at the game, so that didn't look good. Jalen Barden as well, uh, same situation with him. So those guys don't look really any closer to returning. But the offense looked good. Um, and I think they, they made explosive plays when they needed to. Again, and that was when Pickett really didn't even have his best game going on. And he played well, and he made big plays when he needed to. But, you know, injured and, and banged up a little bit. Addison played really, really well. The running game really played well. It was overall a nice team performance here by Pitt. All right, folks, let's talk about it. Who could Pitt potentially face in the ACC championship? That's obviously going to be a big question for Panther fans. Well, I'll break it down who maybe you want them to face and who you don't. But first, I want to let you know about Built Bar. Built Bar might be the best tasting protein bar you ever have had because listen most protein bars are waxy chewy and you just have to chalk them down and, and kind of take them and, and just go for it you'll want the health benefits but you don't like the taste of them well guess what built bar has that taste listen they have a ton 
of flavors. Coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. And Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. Make sure to check their website, Built.com, often for those limited flavors this month. Also, though, you get the health benefits. Trust me, Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high-in-protein. You get all those health benefits while it tastes great as well. So, folks, go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCK15, and you will get 15% off on your order. Use our promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Folks, who could potentially pit face from the Atlantic? Well, there's three possibilities, and I want to go just through every scenario because I think these are just things you know are basic, and then we'll kind of talk about things as it kind of develops. Well, the first and most obvious is Wake Forest, and Wake only has one loss in conference. Remember, that UNC game was considered an out-of-conference game. However you view that, you view it favorably or not, Wake Forest only has one loss in conference. They are in the driver's seat. They beat Boston College next week. They are in. That's how that one will work for Wake Forest. Now, there's also Clemson. Uh, Clemson is in there. Obviously, they beat the brakes off. Wake Forest this week. Now, UNC will face NC State. NC State will have to win and hope for a Wake Forest loss. And that's kind of how NC State will get in. They're obviously the, the third team of those three. However, also to note, Clemson couldn't get in, as we said, but they would have to have both teams lose. So they would have to have Wake Forest lose to Boston College and NC State lose to UNC. And they are in. It wouldn't matter if they beat South Carolina or not. Uh, Wake and NC State, if they lose, are out. Clemson is in, but Clemson needs some help to get into the ACC championship game. Those are the only three that could come out of Atlantic. And listen, Pitt is going to have a game on their hands. I don't care which of those three comes out. It's going to be a tough game. Clemson comes out, a rematch against Clemson. It's not going to be easy, you know. I'm not saying Clemson's hitting their stride or anything, but Clemson certainly has the ability to stop them def- defensively. You know, they have the ability to bounce back. Brent Venables is great. He's just a phenomenal head coach. He's a phenomenal defensive coordinator, I think a future head coach. He's a guy that can absolutely dial some things up and potentially get you something really special and and, and a second performance that really shell shocks you and kind of punches you back, right? That's something that I think you look at and you can absolutely say, oh man, that could be an issue. Now Wake Forest, on the other hand, they have a terrible defense, but they have a really good offense. They have a ton of really talented playmakers. Um, You know, A.T. Perry, for example, Sam Hartman, obviously the the unit director of their, their offense, a great, great, great quarterback um he's a guy that runs a lot of the rpo stuff which could be troubling for pitt obviously they don't match up all that well against wake um it could be an issue at least they don't match up well against them defensively 
Um, they match up against them well offensively, obviously, but this few teams Pitt's not going to match up well against offensively, to be quite honest with you. Um, so there's that as well to note. Um, NC State is a very intriguing matchup. Very intriguing matchup. Because I don't know exactly how they would match up. Now, there's a lot of the same guys from last year that, that they return. You know, Amezi, uh, Bam Knight. Uh, they have a lot of really good players. Devin Leary's obviously still there. Um, NC State, Devin Carter is on that, that unit still. Um, it's like a really good team still offensively. They still play at a pretty high level. They're tough to stop with Amezi, with Carter, Thomas Thayer um, playing at a high level. Obviously, they have their guys Zonovan Knight and then Ricky Person Jr. in there. Um, so it's a good team, but the big issue is they are really hurt defensively. Uh, they came out, came really – I thought they were the most complete team in the ACC when they started this year, but kind of injuries have chipped away at that depth overall and have kind of eroded it away. So those are the three teams they could face. Who would you want them to face? I'll tell you what. Honestly, Wake. I'd want to face Wake. And I think Wake is not – I don't want to, you know, say that they're trudging off the, the trail kind of down the stretch, but they don't look great. It, defensively, they look really bad. I mean, really bad. They don't look like they have any kind of semblance of defense. I mean, we're talking the worst they've looked all year. They can't tackle. They have many miscommunications up front, both on their run fits and in pass coverage. Everything is just wrong. They don't really even have the raw talent defensively, I feel like, to kind of, you know, completely do a 180 on everybody and, and flip it around. And, and that's the thing there. And their offense is, while good, can it keep up with Pitt? You know, is it good? I don't know. I'll say this. It's a good offense, but the way I've been watching them, I don't know if it's good as Virginia's offense, for example. I think it's a good offense. I don't know if it's a, if it's a you know, the, the level Brennan Armstrong kind of level offense was yesterday. It's a tough one. It's a tough one to kind of dissect. But Wake Forest is not playing their best ball right now. And they are struggling down the stretch. And they are kind of just floating around and feeling things out. And I think Pitt can take advantage of a team like that. Either way, Pitt's going to be in for a tough matchup. Don't I'm not saying they're going to be easy. But I'm saying, you know, the way they're playing right now with, you know, Clemson kind of hitting their stride. And I think NC State being just an all-around really solid team. I think that this potentially could be the best matchup for Pitt even though all these are going to be tough matchups, and make no mistake, it's the ACC Championship. You make your money, you make your bread and butter here. You need to be able to win this big game. But it's going to be a tough matchup, but I would go Wake Forest personally for who I would want Pitt to face. All right, folks, tomorrow we'll talk about the Pitt defense, kind of what's going on there, how much concern we should have for them in these final three games, and kind of how they could potentially turn it around moving forward. However, first, before we get out of here, I want to let you guys know about the Locked On Bets podcast. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available on all platforms. Make sure to check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Folks, as always, thanks for listening and hail to Pitt.